something that we started long ago in this series. This is the last week of, of I Love Our Church, I Love My Church uh, series. But one of the things we talked about a few weeks ago is how Jesus wants us to live without fences. We, he doesn't want to have fences between us and the world, us and ourselves. He's given us new lives, lives without fences. So that we can be part of the community with one another. Especially the people that are here that are in our church. The community of Blades. Blades United Methodist Church, that's who we are. And this life in this community in God's kingdom, it's life as it's meant to be. It's supposed to create in us a new identity. As we journey through our life in our faith, we're transformed. We kind of get a new value of ethics and values. We discuss that our reputation as people of this community should be one of love. Those people at Blades United Methodist Church, they just love people. That's the starting point for loving our church. That should be our baseline. And I say that because God wants us, he wants all people, not just us, he wants all people to know about the life of salvation that he offers through the cross, the, the forgiveness that's offered, healing that's offered in the name of Jesus, purpose, journey of faith can give purpose for your life, and hope for those that are hopeless, Christ offers hope. And we want to offer that hope to the world. So here's a question we have to consider as we're winding down our series. How do people come to this new life with God? How do people hear and discover? How do they experience the kingdom of God? And the answer is, it's going to be in our scripture readings for today. And these are, I'm probably pretty sure most of you are going to be familiar with. The fifth chapter of Matthew, which contains the Beatitudes. It'll be verses uh, 13 to 16. I just ask you to hear these words. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, purpose, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and walked on by the people when the walkways are wet and slippery. You are the light of Christ to the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. Think about what salt is. Salt brings taste. It brings flavor. Especially if you get to that restaurant and it's bland. 
What do you say? Pass me the salt. I don't use that much salt because of my blood pressure. I watch it. Daphne, honey, I put salt on it. Okay. She doesn't have blood pressure problems. She puts salt on everything. Use no salt. Yep. So this is a metaphor that Jesus is telling us. When he's telling us that we are the salt of the world, he's making it clear how necessary and important that we are for the welfare of the world. Why are we so important for the welfare of the world? Because we as people have experienced transformation in our lives of some type. Oftentimes we begin this journey and we might go through a period of years where you say, I really don't think I'm transforming that much. But you're still on that journey and sometimes that transformation happens quick and your life changes for the better right away and you, you feel it. You, you can feel it when something happens. We're just following Jesus and when we're living, we've been transformed because of our faith that we need to use our lives to influence the world for good. I think one of the best ways, I, I, I say this often, I try and highlight it in my messages, one of the best ways of, sh of sharing the light of Christ, insulting, is just living the lives that God has placed us, wherever he has placed us, sharing those lives with other people. Especially people who don't know and love Jesus. Regardless of our status or our age, our profession. The, the kingdom life that we possess as followers of Jesus. It's invaluable because of the effect it's going to have in our daily circles or spheres of influence. We all have what I call sphere of influence. Some people, you might not see many people, especially with the pandemic. Some people go out to eat a couple times a week. You see the restaurant workers. You go to the store. You see the store clerk, maybe the same one. If you're working, you have co-workers. These are all spheres of influence that people come in and out of our lives on a daily basis sometimes. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Again, we got to think of the, the time of Jesus they didn't have electric lights. They had these little, small lamps, oil lamps. The houses didn't have many openings. So they would be dark. You go in the house, they light this lamp. And he said, you put it on the lampstand. Even the smallest light. Think if power goes out, maybe you have just a little, you flick a lighter. But that little light, it shines in the darkness. Light removes darkness. Just like the same way that the message of Jesus, his life and his message, it brought salvation to us. The light of Jesus came to us. That's what Jesus is telling us in these few verses from Matthew. Verse 16 again, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds, your moral excellence, and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus is saying that his disciples, his followers, are a living demonstration of God's kingdom is here now. You don't have to wait for it. It's here now. 
And we can't miss the, the metaphor that light overcomes darkness. We not only carry the light of the gospel of Jesus in us, he says, you are the light. We are the light. And we're light because of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Our transformation has produces and continues to produce this kingdom light. It affects every aspect of our being, turning us into positive influencers in this sin-darkened world. We must share this light. As salt and light, we bring taste and atmosphere. The, the taste and the atmosphere of Jesus, his kingdom, into the world that desperately needs it. And it amazes me when I think that God has entrusted this mission to us, to his followers. That was God's plan from the beginning. We're going to bring the taste we're going to bring the light. We're, we're bringing the Jesus community, the experience, the experience of Christ to those we encounter. And the goal is just so that they can know God, they can see a little bit about God, so they can find Him, repent, and then they can find new life like we have found new life. Think about it like this. If you don't like the way this city is going or this community is going, what's happening in it, just ask yourself, am I salting it? Do you become discouraged when you hear the news about how dark our world, our culture is? Ask yourself, am I lighting it up? If the culture around us is bland and dark, then we just have to salt and light. When we intentionally love each other, when we intentionally use the gifts that God has given to us, and just live out the life of love that God wants us to towards one another, and to the world outside the walls of this church building. We're salting the bland, and we're bringing light into that darkness. How do we bring this experience of I love my church into our culture? People are going to see and experience the community of Jesus when we live its values. The salt and light metaphors, it's part of the Beatitudes. Jesus brought, brought the, the kingdom of God down here. And it's through regeneration and transformation and renewal by God. It's the Holy Spirit working in us that transforms us. And this produces in us gifts of the Spirit. Righteousness, mercy, purity, peacefulness. These are just some of the characteristics of disciples of Jesus. And that allows God to establish his kingdom right here 
how it happens in this way, through us. The kingdom life that God puts in us, that we demonstrate to the world. It's a character profile. If you look at the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who grieve. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the pure in heart. It's kind of a profile of a person who says, I love my church. You see, this seasoning and the lightning, the lighting, the shine, the light, and the darkness, it isn't only about the message we declare with our lips. It's about how we go about living our lives. Lifestyle, that's the emphasis, our lifestyle. We can't separate our words from our deeds. Our message from our lifestyle. This is about who we are and how we are. And the best way to share the message of life is just to live the message of life. The values in you, as you live the kingdom life, they bring flavor to this bland, rotting world. The values in you as you live in the kingdom, they bring light to a dark world. People are going to experience the kingdom of God when we live its values. It helps us to realize how, how we're effective agents of salt and light. As I was thinking of, of this message, I remember this story I heard. There's a young man, I believe he was 19. And you know how people like to do challenges. Well, his buddies challenged him to drink a whole bottle of soy sauce. Well, he OD'd. Uh, he almost lost his life. He was in a coma because it was an overdose of salt. And I share this because it, it directly applies to how we live. You know, we're called to bring salt and light to our world so that we can transform it, so we can experience the life that we know. We don't bring it so that they get blinded by the sun or they OD on the salt. So the question we have to be aware of, and I know most of you fairly well, I don't think you're going to be someone who goes overboard, but are we seasoning and shining, or are we blinding and gagging? And just an example of blinding and gagging. I went to a street fair once, I think of the Delaware State Fair, and communities have street fairs, especially this summer or fall, summer in the spring. You know, there's food vendors and crafts, and it's usually a bunch of people walking around, wall-to-wall you know, -wall people before the pandemic, of course. And scattered throughout the crowd were one or two, maybe three people. They had signs on the said, repent of your sins and trust Jesus. Now, if you've ever seen that, I think of the boardwalk, sometimes you'll see someone doing that at the boardwalk, but I like looking at the people around them. How are they reacting to that? I didn't see anyone praying, no one repenting, no one who looked moved or touched in their spirit. If anything, you would see people kind of going, God, they're making fun of it. Now, is there truth in the message that the sign said? 
Yes, absolutely, that, that's true. But just because it's correct doesn't mean it's effective. I'd argue that this is kind of like pouring a gallon of soy sauce down someone's throat. No one walked away saying, I need Jesus. And be willing to put money on it. No one passed him, saw them thinking, I want Jesus. It's really easy to carry a sign around in the crowd. We had the yard signs for our yard that say, I love our church. I said, it's kind of easy to put those yard signs in our yard that say, I love our church. Although when it gets winter, we've got to kind of block them. It's a lot more difficult to be Jesus in the ordinary and the mundane. But see, I believe it's in the trivial day-to-day -day stuff, at the office, at home, at the store, on the job, that people are going to experience Jesus when they experience us. It's in that trivial day-to-day -day stuff that we need to be solving and lighting, not gagging and blinding. Just think about your daily routine. Think about your co-workers, your classmates, your neighbor, people you run into when you go about your day at the store. Just know this, that people are going to experience God's kingdom from you just in your normal, just the way you live. And it's in these moments that the extraordinary, as people taste, extraordinary things happen as they taste and they see the goodness of God in your life. You are the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence. And recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, I hope if we learned anything over these last few weeks of I love the church is that we've learned that loving the church, it's not about loving this building, it's about loving the people inside the building. It's not about any program we have. It's about relationship. Mostly our relationship to God through Jesus, but also our relationship to one another. But it doesn't stop there. We have to also love those people outside of these walls. Remember back the very first week we read in John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Here's the thing. How can people observe us having a relationship, a reputation of love, if we're not around people. You can't season and shine when your ordinary is separate from the blind darkness. Or the bland darkness. You know, our Sunday morning gathering, the small groups that we have, any other programs, maybe you meet with some friends and have prayer. They all assist us to grow. 
become stronger as a community, as individuals. We're strengthening our saltiness. Our lights are getting stronger when we do these things. But if we're never interacting with other people outside of our church family, then we have failed. We have to live the values of Jesus out with the people we interact with. Out in the world, outside these walls. What are some ways, think about how you can make connections with the people you encounter. Now I'm going to close with this. I've used this before, usually in small groups and stuff, but a question that every church should ask itself. What if we were forced to close the doors of this church forever? We just cease to exist. Would the people in the neighborhood living in the community around us mourn? Would they say, no, you can't go? Or if we were to cease to exist, would the neighborhood even notice? We have to be a church that they would miss. Not for our own sakes, not for our own experience, but because they're experiencing Christ through us. That's our task, that's our mission, to be salt and light people. That's loving our church the way God needs us to. Amen.